And I don't know, it's like putting it Faith, I feel like the show, we've been resting on our laurels. I feel like our picks haven't been that good recently. Faith, we need to do a movie that is artsy, that unites the mind, heart, and spirit in one. It speaks to the universal condition of humanity that all men and women are going through at this time on the planet. Faith, what movie can we do that speaks to all of these things? Hmm. How about Killer Clowns from Outer Space? That'll work. Right now on the Late Night Fright. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very clowning around co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, I am 70 days off of cigarettes. That's awesome. Let's do a show. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do a show. Hello, and welcome to all of you out there, wherever you are listening. We thank you so much for tuning in. Faith, check this out. I ran the numbers the other day. Are you ready for this? Yes. Our little show, our little program here is being heard in 67 countries. That's pretty cool. <laughs> 67 countries. Uh, no telling how many planets out there are picking right? us up right now. I, I don't have the numbers on that, but uh, 60 countries. So we are definitely international in the immortal words of Lily Von Stupp played by the lovely and talented Madeline Kahn in Blazing Saddles. Hello, bienvenue. Welcome. Come on in. <laughs> Welcome to the Late Night Fright. We have a fun one for you tonight. I think we have some fun stuff in store. I hope that I am not writing a check our little show cannot cash. <laughs> so, Faith, what are we talking about tonight? Killer clowns from outer space. Do you know what I like about this movie? What? There's a lot I like about this movie, but what I like on the surface of this mm -hmm. is everything you need to know about this movie is in the title. <laughs> You don't have right? to waste any time explaining it. Hey, I wonder if they're listening to us. You know? The clowns yeah. from their home planet? Yeah. They could be. You know? They could be. We, uh, as I said, we have some fun stuff planned. <laughs> uh, let's get a little bit of business out of the way. We have a new email address where you can reach us. Uh, you can reach us at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out on the Instagram at late night fright podcast. There you go. Very nice. That's business. Yeah. Business is done. Let's get on with the fun <laughs> stuff. Uh, let's see. We have a top five list tonight, and our top five list now has a theme song. Ooh. Ooh. Faith, what is a top five list tonight? Our top five favorite space creatures or aliens. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> Faith, uh, you had a kind of a neat dream this past week that you're going to share with the audience a little later. This mm -hmm. is really, it's really funny and weird. <laughs> I, I don't know where it came from. Me uh, let's see. We are going to climb into the way back machine. But first, we have a little bit of sad news. Uh, kind of rock the horror community. And this came down the pipe while we were recording last week's show, so we didn't get to talk about it last week, but uh, actor John Saxon passed away. Mm -hmm. He was in A Nightmare on Elm Street, 
and I was doing the numbers on this. He has been in five movies that we have done on this show. <laughs> uh, Elm Street from 84, Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Black Christmas, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And he made a very small appearance in From Dusk Till Dawn. But mm-hmm. uh, five films, over 200 film and TV credits. He was a definition of a working actor. Superstardom, for some reason, kind of eluded him. Mm-hmm. You know, he I, find did, that, I find that weird. He did really cool. great work with great directors. He mm-hmm. it just that brass ring just, you know, um, uh, I have a note here. He's one of our great character actors. And I put him in there with like Gene Hackman mm-hmm. uh, guy in the film. We're going to be talking about tonight, John Vernon. Mm-hmm. I put him in there with Harry Dean Stanton and uh, M. Emmett Walsh, two other great character actors we've talked about on the show. But uh, he was that good. It just never quite got that superstar thing i don't know um best known as i said for elm street and black christmas he was also in enter the dragon with bruce lee he was uh well versed in the martial arts uh so he is really doing it in that movie he was also really good in a movie called the appaloosa with marlon brando and he was nominated for a golden globe for that so he was one of those guys always great in everything he did and uh, he was a graduate of the uh stella adler uh, uh actor studio where inside the actor studio where that comes from he mm-hmm. was graduate so he had chops you're a fan of john saxon aren't you i am and we talked about him i think mostly on our elm street podcast and i know we did mention him on black christmas Mm -hmm. quite a bit um unfortunately we didn't focus on him because he's not really the focus of those movies which seems to be the running thing the running (laughs) thing yeah he also before we get too far into this he reminds me of another guy who passed away recently robert forrester another great character actor yeah, mm-hmm. they were all in that same league, all about the same age too. Uh, these great guys who did all this great work and were great in everything, even if the movie was terrible. I know. And, and Saxon was in his share of <laughs> of cinematic turds, if you will. Did you say two hundred? Over two hundred mm-hmm. film and TV credits. That's crazy. Yeah, but you, uh, you, you really took to John Saxon. What is it about John Saxon that just got you? He's just he's he's just good. He he plays these roles. I don't know that I feel like. You can kind of connect with him in a way, and I've loved him and everything I've seen him in, and I find that very strange that he never really took off as the main star, yeah. because I feel like he, he was that good. Yeah. I mean, me watching him, at least, I was thinking that. Yeah. So It's like uh, Tarantino never got around to casting him. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But uh, he was wonderful. He, uh, everything, I've seen him in a lot of things. He was always great, whatever it mm-hmm. was, whether it was playing the hero, playing the villain. And I'll say this, uh, if you look at old X-Men comics from the 60s, Professor Charles Xavier, Professor X, if they had shaved John Saxon's head, <laughs> he could have played Professor X. Uh, I can see it. It, it really would have worked. So uh, he left us. And also, we just got uh, word yesterday, as of the time of this recording, that the uh, director, Alan Parker, who did the movie Angel Heart and did Evita, and uh, Midnight Express, a uh, lot of lot of different films. He passed away, and I'll, I wanted to mention him because he directed one of my favorite films, The Commitments, about an Irish soul band. That if you've never seen this film, you have to see this movie. It is absolutely wonderful. Uh, both of these guys will definitely be missed. And uh, John Saxon, as I said, uh, we've talked about him on the show. Five movies, uh, passed away in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. That's, mm-hmm. that's around the area you like to visit, isn't that it? It is. What kind of area is that? Kind of getting into the mountains a little bit. It's really beautiful. 
country and, life. <laughs> and that's uh, that's where he had his home. Mm-hmm. So it uh, seems you you two may have had a little bit in common. He may have just Maybe so. wanted to get away from it all. But uh, John, uh, job well done, sir. You Absolutely. will be you will be missed. So, well, let us get into it, Faith. It's time to get in. <laughs> To a new segment, a newer segment that we've been doing, the Wayback yes. Machine, where we spotlight what was going on at the time of the release of the film that we're spotlighting. Uh, this came out on May 27th, 1988. Faith, are you strapped in? I'm strapped in. Here you go. Let's get into the Wayback Machine. It has a theme song, so you know it's good. As I said, May 27th, 1988 is the date that Killer Clowns from Outer Space came out. The President of the United States was Ronald Reagan. The Prime Minister of the UK, our friends there across the pond, was Margaret Thatcher. The Pope was John Paul II. Faith, what was the number one film in America this week? It was Crocodile Dundee 2. Starring Paul Hogan. Faith, what was the number one TV show? The Cosby Show. With the Jello pudding guy. I'm still not sure whether or not we can say his name. I'm not sure. Cancel culture is all the rage right now. We don't want to find ourselves getting canceled for saying the name of someone who has been canceled. Right. It's kind of weird, isn't it? If you're a video game aficionado, you were probably playing Jordan versus Bird one-on-one, which uh, came out, I think, for the Nintendo. I had it on the Nintendo. I don't know if it was on all the other platforms. Um that's about the extent of my video gaming time. Was there in the mid to late 80s? Faith, the, uh, speaking of Jordan, they had that big documentary out about uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls, mm-hmm. The Last Dance, which is 10 parts, I believe. And it's well worth a watch for any of you out there uh, interested in that. And uh, the number one song in America was One More Try by George Michael. Nice. The number one song in the UK this this was a real find for us because I had never heard of this song. You hadn't uh, heard no, of this I song either. Uh, the name of the song is Perfect by Fairground Attraction. And we li- both listened to this song. I fell in love with this song. I liked it. <laughs> and uh, the video is available on YouTube. And what I love about the video is the song is called Perfect and it's all about trying to get things perfect and it rains in the video. Like things <laughs> go wrong. And it's just very sweet and precious. And... Uh, it feels like that the the late '80s, and mm-hmm. it's just really good. Now that was number one in the UK. It peaked at number eighty here in the United States. So oh. way to go, team! Way to go, America! <laughs> yeah. All right. So we uh, that's it for the Wayback Machine. We have a good one tonight. Killer clowns <laughs> from outer space. You know, it got me thinking. Faith, uh, this movie, as I said, it's all there in the title. You know, right. And, uh, <laughs> And then it got me thinking, my, my brain works in weird ways. You know this. If you've mm-hmm. been listening to the show any amount of time, you know my, my mind sometimes <laughs> works weirdly. In mysterious ways. Very mysterious ways. And it got me thinking, you know, with a movie like this, who is our one of our greatest uh, film song composers working, you know, over the past like 30 years now? Who is that, Faith? You know who John Williams. John, no, well, scores, but I'm talking about oh, the I'm, song. Excuse Who write, me, I'm so sorry. He writes, yep. he writes the songs for all of those Pixar movies. 
Who is it, Faith? You know his name, don't you? Oh, Randy Newman. Randy Newman. And I'm thinking to myself, for some reason I went, <laughs> could Randy Newman have written a song for Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Could he have written a theme song? When we get back from the break, guess what, Faith? Are we going to find out? We're going to find out. <laughs> could Randy Newman have written the theme for it? We have a top five list. We have Faith's Dream. We have all the fake news not fit to print. Who knows what else? What time is it, Faith? <laughs> it's time to hear if Randy Newman can create a theme song, right? No, Faith. What time is it? It's time for the late night fright. <laughs> Cue the music. We will see you on the other side. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. You know, Faith, John Saxon was in one of the greatest slasher films of all time. And we've talked about quite a few slasher films on this show, haven't we? Yes, we have. What have we talked about, Faith? We've talked about stuff from uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, Friday the 13th, and even Child's Play. And you know, we've even gone way back in time and talked about the granddaddies of the slasher genre. Films like Psycho, Black Christmas, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you know what else, Faith? We've talked about the greatest slasher of all time. You know who that is? Nicholas Cage. Cage. All of those episodes are available wherever podcasts can be found. We'll see you on the other side. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, I'm feeling good. It may again be the Earl Grey tea. Maybe so. This is I didn't have any last time, so we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> I already feel a little... I'm already messing stuff up, apparently. Feel, feel a little rambunctious. <laughs> this isn't romper room, Faith. This isn't romper room. <laughs> Well, I, as I said in the first segment, I think we have a fun one. Mm-hmm. I hope that our, you know, I'm not, you know, writing a check that our show can't cash. <laughs> but uh, so we asked this question before we went to break. Is this a movie that Randy Newman could have written a theme song for? <laughs> now, we have a little snippet of what that could have been. Do you want to hear it, Faith? I really do want to I, hear it. I think the listeners want to hear this. So. Or they may not. I don't know. <laughs> well, you could just skip it then. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> All right. So if Randy Newman had written the theme song. For killer clowns for outer space. 
this is what it may have sounded like. Here you go. Kill the clowns, clowning around. Kill the clowns from out of space. I like it. I dig it. I like it. Yeah. Sounds like Randy Newman, right? <laughs> it does. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the movie that everything you need to know about it is in the title. Yes. 1988, May 27th. <laughs> Let me. Can I tell a quick funny story about sure. uh, everything you need to know in the title? So, yeah. Oh, back 25 or so years ago, I worked at the video store. Do you remember those, Faith? Yes, I do. So this is around Christmas of 1998. Star Trek Insurrection was out. This was the third big screen adventure for Patrick Stewart's uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard and his crew. And I wanted to go see it. Now, the video store closed at 10. This was playing at 1015 at a theater 20 minutes away from me. (laughs) So I had everything cleaned up. I actually shut the store down right at 10. It was like, hey, you know, get out. It was was a Friday night. It was a night it opened. And everything was perfect. I, I didn't catch any lights. I made it in time to see Star Trek Insurrection. So I, it's just me. I go up to the ticket counter and some guy like comes out of the dark and like like gets in front of me in the line. And this guy, I don't know where he had been, what underground bunker he had been spending all of his time in. OK, but he's in front of me and you would think this would be a simple transaction, right? How, mm-hmm. how simple is the transaction Going to the movie theater. Well, you know, it's been a while, I know, for a right. lot of people. But how simple it? I want to see such, such and such, such movie. Uh-huh. Here's my money. Uh-huh. Now, this is back in the day, you know, and you get your ticket and you go right. in. Nowadays, you just do it online. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, we actually had to, you know, talk to someone for goods <laughs> and services. You actually use change, too. Now there's a shortage of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm behind this guy. And again, I don't know what underground bunker he crawled out of, but he sits there and he goes, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, now, what is this movie? Like, oh no, he goes, on, oh, who's in that movie? And what's it about? No, I don't <laughs> think I want to see that. What's this movie? And he's just going down the <laughs> list. Oh, no. And I'm standing behind him looking at my watch. I'm like, I, because at this point, yeah, a preview's are starting. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about the preview. I just right. want to see the movie. And I just show the little girl behind the counter. I just flash my cash and I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, and, and so, yeah, that's my, uh, you know. Oh, man. What I'm saying is if Killer Clowns from Outer Space had been on the marquee, maybe he would have known what it was about. Maybe so. All right. (laughs) This is a piece of uh, cinematic art. This is a cinematic triumph. This is one of the stories for our (laughs) age. (laughs) This uh, comes us from the Kyoto Brothers from the Bronx. The Bronx gave us the New York Yankees. It also gave us the Kyoto Brothers. Stephen, Charles, and Edward, they were are they still are special effects artists are you ready for this list of credits of movies they've worked on are you yes. ready for this check mm-hmm. this out critters mm-hmm. elf Ernest scared stupid team america world police dinner for schmucks and peewee's big adventure that's a pretty good list not bad right no. special effects puppeteering all of all of that they do Very this cool. this was their brass ring they wrote this they 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 shot this this is this is their baby uh if you would like more information on them they are available online at kyotobrothers.com c-h-i-o-d-o brothers.com we're going to leave a link in the show notes for very this. nice the long and short of this movie, Faith, a group of killer clowns from outer space have come to Earth seeking food. The food they want? Humans. Yes. <laughs> there you go. We got a cast that includes Grant Kramer as Mike Tobacco. 
It's one of the great names right there, isn't it? Yes. We got the lovely Suzanne Snyder as Debbie Stone. John Allen Nelson as Deputy Dave. Michael Siegel as Rich Terenzi. Peter LaCasey as Paul Terenzi. Royal Dano as Farmer Gene Green. Comedian Christopher Titus makes one of his very first appearances anywhere as Bob McCreed. And man who really needs no introduction, but we're going to introduce him anyway. John Vernon. Dean Wormer from Animal House plays Officer <laughs> Curtis Mooney. He is so good in this movie that he needs an award. And we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end because Faith and I have an idea yes. uh, about something we're going to do with this this <laughs> film inspired something. So there you go. The long and short of it. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Faith, what did you think of this cinematic triumph? <laughs> I think this movie is uh, amazing. <laughs> so it, it really kind of just captures you. And it's like, wow, what? What am I watching? But I love it all at the same time. <laughs> you know? This, this to me, when I was watching, it had been a minute since I'd seen this. And it's kind of funny. Uh, it loops back to the video store mm-hmm. story that I just told. Because the last time I saw this, I was working at the video store. Mm-hmm. And this, to me, is the definition of late night fright. Right? You know, this <laughs> is the definition of the late movie. This is the definition mm-hmm. of B movie. This is... Uh, the quintessential just kind of out there film, you know, and this has developed quite a cult following and rightfully so this didn't do well when it came out in theaters. I have no idea why. I don't need part of me is being funny and snarky there. Right. The other part's not is because <laughs> it's so weird. You know, it's so weird. Now it is one of the notes I have here. This is a real fifties throwback though. Did, did mm-hmm. it feel like something like a giant creature movie out of the 50s. Yeah. You know, we've talked about those on the show before and, and kind of gone through the template for those kind of B-movies. It felt like that to me. It did. I, I can, yeah, I can sense that. And, uh, but the thing about it is, so maybe it didn't do so well because, you know, we're still, at the time this came out, we're still in the age of the slasher. Mm-hmm. You know, slash, Freddy Krueger had really broken through to the mainstream. Elm Street 4 was one of the biggest movies of that year. You know, this feel was not what, you know, was popular in horror at the time. But it, it, it's so it's so odd. What about it did you just absolutely love? How odd it was. I mean, literally that. I mean, it's just clowns shooting people and they turn into like cotton candy. And it's like something you don't see. No, ever. No. Uh, One of the things that I I loved about it was the fact that this movie makes absolutely no attempt at explaining anything about the clowns. And I've said this before with 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 uh, older films uh, that newer films would take an hour and a half to explain Mm -hmm. what these creatures are, where they come from. You know, uh, if it was a Marvel movie, it would be three films, you know. (laughs) This they make they do make a little bit of an attempt. The characters try to suss out and surmise and offer opinions as to what these things may be. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. But it makes absolutely no attempt at justifying its existence. It's just these clowns. And it doesn't matter, right? Like that's <laughs> and see, okay, see, see you hit the nail on the head and we're I think we're getting to the point I want to make here is that the tone of this film is established very early on mm-hmm. and it does not waver from that tone. Nope. It is it's very hard to nail down what exactly this is. It's not a farce, it's not a parody. It is literally a movie about killer clowns from outer space coming down, terrorizing people, 
and them getting on with their business, and then the 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 our three little main leads, uh, Deputy Dave, Mike Tobacco again is a great name, um, <laughs> and Debbie Stone, you know, uh, trying to stop them, you know, and it shares a lot of similarities. I was thinking about this when I was watching it. The movie The Blob from 1958, I believe it is. There's a lot of similarities in that you have like the uh, the young lovers who know that something's come down, and I think. I read somewhere that the I blob read. was an influence on this. And also, I think the deputy's name in there is Dave or something. It, okay. So there's, they said it it's makes very complete sense similar. Because, and then you got the one policeman who believes him, one who mm-hmm. doesn't. And he's kind of an ass. We're going to get to him in a second <laughs> because I think it's the great the great performance <laughs> in the film. And um, But so it shares a lot of DNA with like these old 50s sci-fi monster flicks, except it's doing this its own thing right. here it's so just strange so before we get into the strangeness of it uh clowns <laughs> clowns occupy a very special place in the uh fear phobia uh ladder do they not they do yeah i know grown men manly men um who turn into puddles at the mention of clowns and the sight of, I, I know one guy in particular, a big manly man, you know, hunts fishes, you mm-hmm. know, you know, gee, he's a dude's dude, you know. Uh, he saw a picture of Pennywise and just almost cried because really, clowns scared. yeah, clowns are one of those phobias that a lot of people have. I personally, they don't bother me, in they've never bothered me, <laughs> but um, I could definitely see if you have a clown phobia, uh, that this movie might, uh, I mean, a killer clown, a killer clown. Yeah. Maybe so, but you know. yeah. Uh, the Kyoto <laughs> brothers, as we said, these, these are, these are some talented guys. I mean, obviously you see the, the list of credits here and they, uh, weren't doing the special effects in this. They, 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 uh, sussed that out to other people so they could concentrate on the filmmaking of it, but they did design and mm-hmm. uh, were involved. Uh, what did you think? I mean, cause we have to talk about the star of the movie. The killer clowns, clowns are the star stars of the films. Uh, what did what did you think of the look here? Oh, they're amazing. I think I mean everything. I wonder how you know specific they were. Like, did the actors kind of decide how they wanted to move? There's one clown. There's one that had that like a sideways gait. Weird, yeah. yeah. Like, was that kind of their interpretation of what they wanted it to be? But or was it? Uh, Possibly because of the the nature of the suit and, the, right. and everything. Yeah, I like the fact that they all had personalities. Me too. You know, they had the little puppet uh, animatronic faces mm-hmm. with. Uh, sometimes I think you could see real eyes underneath. Mm-hmm. For sometimes, um, but for the most part, it was like puppets, you know, and, and animatronic faces, and, and but they all had personality, mm-hmm. which which I really liked, and. They're both uh, disgusting and inviting all at the same time. There's a very kind of punk vibe to them. Um, they all have a different look, too, which mm-hmm. is great. So there's nothing cookie cutter about no, them. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, but they're here to eat us. Apparently so. They're here to eat us. Yes. But uh, let's get back to the weirdness of the film. They're definitely part of the weirdness of the film. But mm-hmm. the, the just... Even the people in this movie are weird. We have the Terenzi brothers, you know, with the ice cream. You know, we've got uh, Debbie Stone, played by Suzanne Snyder, who kind of sort of maybe loves Deputy Dave, but is with (laughs) Mike Tobacco. And, you know, it's kind of weird. Then you got John Vernon playing uh, Officer Curtis Mooney, who's just a dick (laughs) and a dick for no good reason, really. 
the John Vernon role though is really to me the the standout, standout performance here and I'm really curious how they got John Vernon in the movie because <laughs> we talked about John Saxon at the beginning you know John Vernon was one of our great character actors mm-hmm. John Vernon is in several films that we've talked about mm-hmm. here on the show he was in Dirty Harry um we've mentioned Animal House several times which mm-hmm. is what he's best remembered for but um he was a guy he was just wonderful he he was a could be funny could be serious Kind of like Gene Hackman in a lot of ways, reminded me of uh, yeah. Gene. And again, I don't know how John Vernon ended up in this movie, but he he just <laughs> he showed up to play, right. which and he has all of the best lines in the movie, which I'm not going to repeat here because I can't <laughs> repeat them. If you have kids that are listening to this show, yeah. um, and that's one of the th- that's one of the things Faith and I are kind of we try to be cognizant of is that you might be listening to this with kids around and we, right. we don't, we don't want to be that person, <laughs> you know, right. but um, yeah, John Vernon. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know how they got him, and I don't really care. I'm glad they did. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell like he showed up and was just like, all right, let's do right, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's he do went it for it. <laughs> and uh, he brings a lot of comedy and he's not in it much, but. It, oh, I expected him to last a little bit longer. I, I would have liked to have seen him in it a little more. And that's my biggest knock on the movie is that I wanted more uh, yeah, Officer he, Mooney. Yeah, he went out too soon, I think. He really did. He <laughs> he really did. But th- this film, getting back to just the, the absolute weirdness of it, uh, the spaceship is shaped like a tent. They have popcorn. Right. And it looks like a dreidel, you know? it. it, it <laughs> And uh, and they're here to eat us. That's that's what you need to know about it. They're, yep. they're here to eat us, Faith. And of course, they use silly straws, which I find just so I don't know. It yes, just they fits. encase us in in cotton candy and uh, slurp out slurp out the blood. Silly straws. <laughs> yeah, it it's. I was wide eyed watching this. I it had been right? a while since I'd seen it, and I just I was going, "This is so weird." And it's it really is hard to explain because it sounds weird, and it really is a weird movie. But it it really is such. It's so I loved it. It's probably one of my favorites we've watched and in it's, a long it's, time. Yeah, it's funny and uh, accessible, mm-hmm. and I keep going back to weird. And <laughs> but it but the thing is, like, it doesn't try to be funny and it doesn't try to be weird it just it it lives and dies on this premise and it's just a really fun time it's 90 minutes of just fun uh what was your favorite little bit with the clowns i have one what's yours uh mine is the shadow puppets on the uh (laughs) on the alley wall there's there's a scene uh if you have not seen the film spoiler alert uh one of the clowns there's a group of people at a bus stop i believe and he starts doing shadow puppets Mm -hmm. because you can see a shadow on the wall of the uh, alley and he's making uh making little things and he makes like a a a dinosaur and it like the shadow eats them and it goes away my other little favorite bit was uh when they were searching for humans and they made the uh, dog Dog. out of the balloons yes and the balloon dog was like sniffing out the barking barking yeah i like when the little clown showed up with all the bikers and he just punched his head off you know yeah it's like what? That was a great scene. Uh, I like the scene where they're in the car. Uh, <laughs> There's really a lot of. I mean, the whole movie. I feel like it's just like Clownzilla is something to behold. You know, uh, <laughs> outside of uh, outside of John Vernon, was there anybody in the cast that uh, that was really kind of sticking out to you? I like the deputy. 
Deputy Dave was a lot of fun. A little trivia bit. Deputy Dave was supposed to die. And uh, test audiences really liked him and they they wanted him to make it through. They wanted a happy ending for Make it through the encounter. Do you like that it ended kind of, uh, you know, on a happier note? It really didn't matter to me. You know, it was, <laughs> I, I don't know how the movie, it, it, this doesn't feel like doom and gloom and something that no, would end on that really, a really bleak note. You know, <laughs> I was, I was fine with the way it ended. You know, uh, I did like the ice cream truck brothers. They the Terenzis. Yes. The they were a lot of fun. Uh, I also do want to add, I like when they uh, pied the uh, security guard. Yes. Uh, that was, a, what are you going to do with that? There were some really <laughs> nice lines in this movie, too. And they haven't directed anything else, I think, outside of uh, of this film. Hmm. And I did read that this film has such a cult following. Sci-fi, I believe, finally got the rights to it. And they want to either do a TV series with it. Because uh, the, uh, the brothers had envisioned this as a series of films and... and Sci-fi might possibly make the other parts to this. So right. this is so much fun. And so well done. <laughs> I don't know that I want to see more of it. It's, mm, yeah. it's nice. This just being its own little thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I was, and I want to add too. I was catching little vibes of like Carpenter films. You know, you're in that one location, yes. not as artfully done as Carpenter, but uh, and this really isn't scary. No, not at all. I don't think it's scary, but yeah, I like the, um, I like all the little, you know, this movie feels like its own thing. Even like when they were at, uh, what's her name? Is Debbie? Debbie, yeah. In all like the streamers and stuff from her house. Like if, like, it's just different. You don't see that with a lot of films. No. You know, no, it's, it's just the parade scene. Yeah. It's and just, it makes, again, it makes no attempt to justify its existence. Right. <laughs> you know, to explain anything about itself. It's just, here they are. You know, here they yeah. are. They're yeah, killer clowns exactly from outer space. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I don't, I don't need an explanation at all. No, who they are, what they're doing, where no. they're from. It's good enough. This was a very pleasant surprise in that we picked this film last week out of a hat. Yes, it was. It was in uh, with uh, three other films, and uh, we were both hoping for this one. <laughs> Uh, as we ran into this problem with Don, the Don Knotts film, Ghost of Mr. Chicken, there's not much to say about it mm-hmm. outside of this is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You need to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, it really does feel like a 50s throwback. It does, you know, yeah. It, it's got that, that kind of creature feature vibe mm-hmm. to it. Uh, and again, I want to go back. This is a late night fright defined. This is the kind of thing that's like the, a midnight movie. This is such a midnight movie. It this really is. This is the kind of thing that you see on late at night. And you watch, and it's just one of those things that, like, what is this? And it feels like a movie that never gets old. It's like you can just watch it. You know what I mean? There's, there's movies that you've seen too many times. You're like, nah. It And I'll be honest, it doesn't feel terribly dated. Uh-uh. No. You know, outside of haircuts are going to date things. Clothes. Right. You know, clothing, it's going to date things. But it doesn't feel specific to the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, in uh I just thought about this too. One of my other favorite things. There is a female officer in this movie at the end when yes. the ship is exploding who has the most wonderful look of per- <laughs> perplexed perplexity on her face, whatever the word is for that. And she both looks perplexed and like she doesn't care. She just, it's just. I, know, was, I was noting that too. Yeah. Am I getting paid for it? You just want me to look up there? All right. I can do that. And she just. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's really something. Yeah, this is. I'm so glad we picked this out of that. <laughs> this is seriously uh, echoing you a little bit. This is one of my favorite things I think we've ever done on this oh, show. Yeah. This feels like why we do why we started this exactly. show was to, to get into like things exactly. like this. You and know? they're like, let's find some more stuff that's kind of similar. You're like, oh, oh, baby, I was watching this and I was going, I was going. We just need to do these kind of awful B movies like this right? from from here on out. <laughs> Let's just make a list. Let's go. Which is kind of funny because we're doing a really good movie next week. <laughs> so, do you have anything else right now you'd like to add about Killer Clowns from Outer Space? You know, we uh, we could talk about it later, but we didn't talk about the uh, opening song when the movie comes on. That I like it a lot for some reason. <laughs> do you remember the song? Oh, yes. I remember the song. It's even got the little circus thing in yes, it. Yes. It's very catchy. I like it. Faith, let's talk about it now. Okay, let's go for it. Go for it, Faith. Well, no, I just I like the I like the vibe of the song. It was catchy. It's very upbeat. It feels like. And the song, like the movie's title, mm -hmm. tells you everything you need to you, know yeah, about exactly. it. Right. I I, I concur <sighs> with my uh, with my adorable colleague on, on that. No, this is uh, this is really good. And um, the composer of this film, whose name is escaping me right now, uh, worked on Jason Lives. That's a mm -hmm. film that we did. Yes. And he recycled some music that got uh, uh, passed over for that. So the Clownzilla uh, scene has music that was intended for Jason Lives. Very Wait. cool. No, the actual film doesn't have the exclamation mark, does it? We said <laughs> no, it No, we added it. <laughs> we said that Jason Lives should have the exclamation mark. Isn't it right? So it should be what, Faith? It should be... Jason Lives. <laughs> there it is. And should be a musical, too. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it, yeah, it has to be. You know, this is funny. that, And this just occurred to me thinking about this. Jason Lives has that 50s feel to it, too, that kind of throwback Universal monster True. movie. And and this movie has that, too. Mm -hmm. So they kind of, and they came out right around the same time. Uh, Jason Lives came out maybe 86, if I'm not mistaken. So. 86, and this is 88. So it's a little off, but... Uh, <laughs> But they, they do have that kind of retro mm -hmm. feel to it. Jason Lives for sure has that Universal Monster yeah. movie vibe. This uh this is a little more more the fifties creature feature feel, mm -hmm. but uh a lot of fun nonetheless. <laughs> but yes, Faith, the song is amazing. Yes, it is. It is amazing. So one of the things that Faith and I have been doing recently on the show that is now kind of a a feature of the show, we have been doing our top five lists. Sometimes and ten. Sometimes ten. Tonight we just have five. <laughs> so uh and it is now such a part of the show. We have a theme song for it, don't we, Faith? We sure do. Should we hear it? We should. All right, here we go. It's got a theme song, so you know it's good. Must and be also, important if there's a theme song. It also has our chord in it. Yes, it does. That's the uh, <laughs> C minor nine. That's the defining musical characteristic of our show. <laughs> All right. So, Faith, this week we have top five space creatures in honor of those killer clowns from outer space. These space creatures could be uh, evil or benevolent, could mm -hmm. be organic or robot. It does not matter as long as they come from a outer space a different planet huh? from a different planet <laughs> faith you have the honor your number five top five space creature let me start by saying this was difficult it yeah more difficult than i thought it was going to be yes 
I put the aliens from Alien at number five. That's a good pick. Yes. I love the look of them. The, Z- the xenomorph. As sure. I'm going to be completely honest, and people might not like this. That's not one of my favorite movies ever. Alien? Yeah. That's okay. But I love the look of them. Uh, designed by H.R. Geiger. Uh, they're on my list, so I can kind of kind of go piggyback here. Uh, they have a very uh, psychosexual look to them. There's some phallic stuff. Yes. There's some <laughs> feminine stuff happening. <laughs> there's, uh, there's some... Uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot of stuff, <laughs> happening, stuff happening happening in that in that creature, and uh, I think it's one of the great movie monsters of all time too. Yeah, but uh, yes, definitely a good uh, top five space creature. I have uh, the robot Gort from the Day the Earth Stood Still from 1951. That is a Robert Wise film. It is one of the first science fiction movies uh, that took itself seriously. It wasn't silly ray guns and and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. This movie actually had a message. Gort is one of the defining looks of sci-fi and is one of the defining features of that movie. And uh, if you're a music geek like I am, the big, uh, the in-concert Credence Clearwater Revival album from 1970, one of their security passes was, uh, it was a yellow sticker with Gort on it with <laughs> the classic line from this uh, film, Klatu Barada Nikto, and uh, if you're a music aficionado like I am, the great bass player Donald Duck Dunn, who played with Booker T and the MGs, Otis Redding, Sam and Dave, the Blues Brothers, he's phenomenal. Look him up. His 1958 Fender Precision Bass, still to this day, has the sticker with Gort on it <laughs> with Klaatu, Barada, and Nikto. That's pretty cool. It. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, I think one of the great science fiction uh, robots and, and creatures mm-hmm. from outer space. Very good, very good. uh, There you go. Faith, uh, number four. I put The Thing from The Thing. From 1982? (laughs) Yes, at number four. Very good. Uh, I have, uh, I have, it's also on my list, a little little down the ways. Again, this was hard to make. (laughs) Yeah, a little down the ways. Uh, I'm going to save my thoughts on The Thing for when I I get there. Uh, My number four pick is the Xenomorph from Alien. All right. So, and... uh, I like it because it's a physical threat, and it's also uh, what I like about the xenomorph. It's scary because of the whole egg thing and the mm-hmm. the infection nature of it, and then it takes you. It, that's creepy. The yeah. parasitic nature of it, I, I I do not like. What do you have at number three? <laughs> I put Transformers at number three. The whole race of Transformers. Yes. Do you have a favorite Transformer face? <sighs> Probably Optimus Prime. Ah, who doesn't love Optimus <laughs> Prime? Uh, voice actor Peter Cullen, who's been doing him uh, since since the inception of this. Uh, he had a birthday the other day. I think it was like 78. Okay. Doing that lovely John Wayne thing that he does. Uh, I I love the Transformers. I love, I love Optimus Prime. What is it that you like so much about it? I really honestly have no idea. I think, I don't know. I think I liked it. They transform. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like the whole mythology behind it. I used yeah. to read the comic books coming up, and I still will will dip my, my big toe into that world of uh, the Transformer comic books. They're just cool. Yeah, They've it's always re- been, you know, something that I'm like, I have the I like the the movie. What year did it come out? Um, uh, the first one was 2006 live action. Yes. I love that movie for some. I just I know a lot of people. A, I know a lot of people who who uh, let's say, uh, for lack of a better better term like good movies mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like art art house type films and they love transformers for some like i know <laughs> a lot of people who are like that with that film i don't know what it is i just 
I, I like them too. And, and again, I like the mythology of that whole world. I like the whole, there's this very big, good battle spiritual thing going mm-hmm. on there. I love it. My number three pick is The Predator from 1987, mm-hmm. designed by Stan Winston from the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. That's on my list. It's just <laughs> scary. And we'll talk a little more, bit more about it. I guess it's probably higher up on mm-hmm. your list. All right, Faith, mm-hmm. you're number two. I had to put E.T. at number two. E.T., even though he looks like a penis. <laughs> he does, but yes, he's always held a little soft spot in my heart. He's, my very tiny heart. He's he's very <laughs> precious. Uh, E.T. almost made it on my list. I'm E.T., shocked he didn't. E.T. was close. E.T. was close. So who's your number two? Uh, I, th- I think this is an inspired choice. The Wookiee from very Star good. Wars. Very good. And we all know who our favorite Wookiee is, don't we? <laughs> Chewbacca, yes, played by the late great Peter Mayhew. I, I, Peter Mayhew had a great bit. We we did this. We did a tribute to him when he passed away, mm-hmm. and he talked about uh, Chewie and his role in the Star Wars films and how he's your friend and your protector and all these things, you know. And he's 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 your best friend too, right? And uh, it was really lovely. And he was a lovely guy. And the Wookiee, I there's something about Chewbacca. And he, even, he almost made my list. It was hard. Even people who don't like Star Wars. They love Chewbacca. I think love, <laughs> love Chewbacca. So so uh, that's that's who I had there at number two. So nice. should we save our number ones for, for after the break? It's up to you. I think we will. All right. I think we will. <laughs> well, I think this is as good a point as any to take a break, right? Mm-hmm. It's a news break yes, too. It is. Ooh, all the fake news not fit to not fit to print. <laughs> there you go. That Earl Grey got the better of me right there. All right, well, stay tuned for the news. I am Dan, and I am Faith, and we will see you on the other side. shocking news out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Local area mechanic and super greaser Arthur Fonzarelli, aka the Fonz, is being sued by local nerd Warren Potsy Weber. Fonzarelli, aka the Fonz, told Potsy to go sit on it. Potsy actually did sit on it and tragedy struck when it broke off while Potsy was sitting on it. Potsy is seeking compensation for his medical bills as well as for pain and suffering. When asked about his chances in court, Fonzarelli gave a thumbs up and said, Hey, good luck, Fonzie, and may justice prevail. Hey. Well, we've got a bit of tragedy right here in our own backyard, Faith. Local Cozy Corner resident and miscreant Eldon Turpentine saw his dream, as well as his life, go up in flames. Turpentine wanted to set the new Guinness World Record for lighting a fart. He set the record, but thanks to a strong north wind, the fart came back on him. Turpentine caught fire and went up in a blaze of glory. A plaque is being commissioned to commemorate his achievement and his untimely passing. Faith, we don't know why bad things happen. The answer is blowing in the wind. Do you know the best part of that story is? 
Uh, let's see that another cozy corner redneck took himself out of the gene pool and won't be breeding. Maybe, just maybe, the IQ level in this town will rise a few points thanks to Elden Turpentine taking himself out of the equation. That another jackass taking up space in life and in traffic is no longer with us. No. The best part is he set the record and he saw his dream country. Well, that's one way to look at it. Not the right way to look at it, but that's one way to look at it. You know, I think I liked you better when you were a smoker. Me too. And that is the news. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. That was a lovely piece of music, wasn't it? Beautiful. That was the uh, end of Brahms' Fourth Symphony. A little brass chorale there. Very nice. That uh, I picked for this evening. Good pick. So, uh, Brahms is actually my favorite classical composer. I and, guess he was. <laughs> uh, he is one of the guys always mentioned. You got your Bach, your Beethoven, and your Brahms. So, I mean, he's widely regarded but i feel like sometimes brahms doesn't get the love that some of the other ones yeah do. i can see and that i i absolutely adore brahms yeah. i think i think he's wonderful i absolutely adore the film that we have spent this evening talking <laughs> about killer clowns from outer space from 1988 this gets my highest recommendation mine too you know i told my sister last night she's like well what are y'all doing and i was like killer clowns from outer space she's like that doesn't sound very good and i was like no <laughs> It is. Oh, it is. Uh, this We talked about Don Knotts last week. We talked about Barney Fife and the Andy Griffith show. Uh, I've been watching that show recently, and one of the things I admire about that show, 
that is now 60 years old, if you can believe wow. it. it. It debuted in 1960. <laughs> so uh, the show is still funny. And it's amazing because the humor is so kind of gentle and give and take. But and I'm not a I'm not an old fuddy duddy when it comes to this. Um, but it's not crass and it doesn't talk down to people. Right. And it's not trying to be smart. It's just very fun. Yeah, it's just fun. Yeah. It's 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 character driven humor, and that's always good, and that's always the way to go. And this movie does not feel anything like the Andy Griffith show to me, but <laughs> But this movie, what I'm saying is there's a similarity there in that this movie just does what it does. And exactly. it doesn't try to be anything other than than what it is. Exactly. You know, and it's so much fun. And uh, I would say the best part of this film, and this is something I say very rarely, are the special effects. I think mm-hmm. that the uh, that the creature design and the special effects really hold up 30 some odd years later. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, highest recommendation. As of the time of this recording, this is available on Netflix and mm-hmm. Amazon Prime for streaming. So it's out there. It's it's pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Faith, we have one creature left each on our top five space creatures of all time list. Uh, you have the honor, although I think I already know what yours is. <laughs> yes, you do. I put Predator from 1987 at number one. What is it about the Predator that just scares the bejesus out of you? Everything about him. <laughs> For me, it's that you can't see him, <laughs> exactly. and he's so mean. And, uh, and how he can see you, you know, it's just, it's such a creepy, it's, yeah. it's just creepy. It scared me the first time I saw it when I was eight years old, and uh, it doesn't scare me anymore. But it, uh, it's, it's, yeah. That's not no. It's not a movie that you know. It's not terrifying, but it's, if it's you really, yeah, but if you think about being in the movie, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Predator was the third show we ever did mm-hmm. on this. Uh, I have not listened to that show in a long time. I don't know that I want to. It could scare me. Uh, just with oh, we could have done better than that. But uh, that is available. Where podcasts are found, and uh, I, I take it back. I'm proud of all of our shows. We've <laughs> definitely come a long way, though, from, from those early days. And uh, we're going to talk about the early days of this show in just a second, because we're going to be going into our own Wayback Machine. Uh, I think we have something fun planned, and we're going we're gonna to tell the audience about that. So you have The Predator. I have The Thing, and I want to make sure that I clarify as well as the 1982 version of The Thing. And what I love about The Thing is you don't know what it looks like. You don't know what it wants. You don't know anything about it other than it just assimilates you. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, I told you in the beginning, it was hard to do this list, and I can't even believe that yeah. I have it at number four. But You have some God. good picks on there, though. Um, and The Thing... The thing uh, scares me because of the assimilation, as I said, but uh, you don't know who's who and the time and climate we live in with so many different things you can look out there. And I've said to you before, uh, during all of this Mm -hmm. uh, business that we find ourselves in, I said, it feels like we're in the thing. Mm -hmm. We're living in the thing. And uh, it's we still it will always not because of what's going on now, but it always has and it always will feel like we're living in the thing because of the nature of man and all that. Ooh, right. that's my deep thought for the, <laughs> for the night. So, uh, this is fun. I've, I'm really glad we're doing the top five space creatures list. Uh, if your favorite creature did not show up on our list too bad, <laughs> but, uh, feel free to email us your top five space creatures list at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. Hopefully that'll get, uh, get some talking going. Maybe so, so among the uh, fans. So um, anything to add about Killer Clowns? No, I think, uh, you know, like I said, this movie, it kind of, 
when I told my sister, she didn't think it was interesting, but it really is. So if you haven't seen it, you're crazy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you're a crazy clown. <laughs> this feels like the kind of movie, as I said, uh, the late night film, uh, mm-hmm. but it also feels like the kind of film that you would go to a drive-in to see. That's very true. Now, I've been wanting to bring this up for a few weeks on the show. I read this great article in the parade a few weeks ago. Uh, with everything going on in the world, there has been a resurgence of the drive-in movie theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really interesting to me. And the drive-in is something that is so just American because of our love of film, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we like Americans, we, we like to do it up big. You know, we like the big screen. So you got the big screen, the big ass <laughs> screen out there. <laughs> But the car, too. We love cars, don't mm-hmm. we? And so you get in the car and you go watch the movie. So there's been a resurgence in the drive-in recently, which I think is really cool. I think so. And one thing that I've been talking about doing, and we've, we're definitely both on board with this, we want to start spotlighting drive-ins because there are still working drive-ins, yep. obviously, in America. And we found a list of them. And uh, we're going to start reaching out to some of them if they want to say something you know, on the show. But... Even if they don't get back to us, we're going to spotlight. We're just going to pick a state, and we're going to pick a pick one that looks interesting to us, right. and we're going to uh, spotlight that drive-in because I think it's so cool. It's such a part of our culture, and it, mm-hmm. it goes back to a time and place. A lot of them going back to like the fifties, and I'm I'm very uh, for some reason I'm I'm in love with that time period right now with the music and the and the atmosphere mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So. Uh, that is something to look forward to uh, on the show uh, coming up. If there is a drive-in around you, wherever you are, and you want to let us know about it, and we should spotlight it, and you want to tell us something about it, yeah. uh, we gave you the email address, lightnightfrightpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. I want to talk about something else real quick. Uh, there was a bit of news. Universal Studios, in conjunction, I believe, with AMC Theaters, uh, this is going to change movies, and we don't talk news too much but this is kind of a a, a earth rattling thing they are going to show their movies for 17 days in the theaters and then they're going video on demand this is going to change a lot of things i know um i saw that i don't know if this is going to change it for good or bad uh part of because part of me is like there's certain films you do need to see in the dark on a big (laughs) screen with complete strangers And then there are certain films that I just want to watch at my house in my PJ. So it seems to me there's a lot I prefer watching it, watching it home. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's something to just you know kind of be aware of. That's coming. Uh, you know the new Bill and Ted movie that's coming out uh, in September at the time of this recording, uh, scheduled for September first, is going to be video on demand and in theaters. So we'll we'll see. Uh, that's going to change. Changed a I lot know. of things, a lot of things. So it's very interesting. It is very interesting. So, uh, but the drive-ins, we're going to be spotlighting drive-ins because I think it's a, a really neat part of our culture here in I America. Know. It's a shame we don't have one closer to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's great that there's this been resurgence in it, and I think there's something in the times that we live in that is so kind of comforting about the old things. And uh, my mother made the point the other day that sometimes simple really is better. Oh, and, is. <laughs> and I think getting back to simple things like this and there's the pure joy of taking the family out to the drive in. Mm-hmm. And I think we need things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will say this, our first state, we did a, we did pick the first state and just at random and it's going to be Minnesota. So Minnesota, if you're out there, we'll be spotlighting yes. one of your drive ins soon in the future. Now, Faith, we promised them this at the beginning of the show, and I want—I do 
want to do this because it's so weird and odd. You had a dream this week and you've had you've had an off week this week. We don't need to get into why, but you just yes. had an up and down kind of roller coaster it's been a rough week, of, yeah. a, of a week. And this is a dream that you had uh, and you told me about this <laughs> and it made me giggle. And if you would just give the the short version of this. OK, well, uh, it, it really was a short dream. Honestly, I remember being in a kind of grocery store, but it was kind of that you mentioned it kind of it was an older mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it was a today kind of store it kind of like, like what it was they a would throwback what, what they would call the supermarket kind back of in sorta, the day. yeah and it had like an old older pharmacy that was kind of yeah. up in the back yeah so it was like that and um I, I was standing in line waiting for something and then all of a sudden harrison ford walked in in overalls <laughs> was he just wearing the overalls he had like a raggedy t-shirt underneath okay. Um, so he walks in and he's, I can't remember what he was looking for. Was it tuna fish? Tuna fish. Tuna fish? A, yes. He was looking for tuna fish. He couldn't decide what to get. And I remember him getting on the microphone and announcing it to the whole store, like which <laughs> tuna fish brand was the best. And I'm just sitting there like, what? And was he doing this for Callista? Yes, he was. All right. So yes, he was. So Harrison Ford in your dream <laughs> walks into the supermarket and is soliciting advice as to which tuna fish he should he should get. Yes, and don't forget he was in overalls. In overalls. In overalls. Probably been plowing the back forty. And nobody knew who he was. Oddly enough, but it was. I, him. I did. I knew who he was. And then once he left, I was like, Why didn't I get a picture with him or something? <laughs> so was it was it something like this? All right, everybody. Um, it was much louder though. It was. I'm looking for tuna fish for the young lady. Um, <laughs> I mean, which one's good? Is it is it the, the one with the uh, little Charlie guy or the uh, lady mermaid or whatnot? I need help. That was that was, was it, that was pretty much it. Was he pointing? I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, he probably was. He probably was. <laughs> he probably was. He and he and Calissa were probably gonna make tuna fish sandwiches and watch killer clowns from outer space. Pretty much, I think so. What is this damn movie? What are the clowns? I don't get it. There it is. Oh. <laughs> there it is. Well, that is uh, that's about all I have to say about killer clowns from outer space. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Like the Fonz. Hey. Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, Faith, uh, as is our new system here, we are uh, we're we're uh, switching off picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's your turn in the rotation, mm-hmm. and you have a really really good movie mm-hmm. for next week. Um, <laughs> Is 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 really good. Please introduce it. Let them know so so they can watch at home and be prepared because yeah. there will be a test afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I have picked Unbreakable, and I have no idea what year it came out. <laughs> uh, two thousand. Okay, came that's out in right. two thousand, and uh, our old buddy M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong with uh, Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, and Robin Wright. This is. This is one of my favorite films. Mine too. It really is. And uh, I feel like it's been on our list for a while. It's been sitting there, yeah. And I was like, you know what? We just and we uh, do it. Quentin Tarantino said he said he thinks it's one of the masterpieces of the past twenty five years. Uh, so that's pretty high praise, right? Right. That's pretty high praise. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, get reacquainted with Unbreakable, and uh, we're going to talk about that next week. And I'm going to go ahead and let you know I got the pick after that, and. Uh, <laughs> So you can get ready for this. Uh, in two weeks, we are going to be talking about another cinematic triumph. We are going to be talking about the film from Don Coscarelli, Bubba Hotep, starring Bruce Campbell. So we've got two of our favorite things kind of being mixed up together. we got Bruce Campbell 
and Elvis Presley. So <laughs> if you have not seen Bubba Hotel. Which I you, haven't. You haven't. I have okay. not seen it. That's why I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's about Elvis and JFK living together in a nursing home and they're fighting a mummy. I've seen some clips. I'm That's all sure you need to know about it. Some yeah, video clips of I it. I did. But. So, so you can get prepared. So <laughs> next week we're going to be doing Unbreakable, mm-hmm. and the week after we are going to be doing Bubba Hotep. And if we do top ten Elvis songs, that's gonna we need to start now on that list. Oh so, man! So I don't know. That might be a top fifty or something. It, yeah, it really might be Faith. It really might. So, top twenty-five at least. You know? So there you go to keep you up to date on what's coming up now. We also need to tell you, uh, John Vernon, his performance in this movie has inspired something that we're going to do. And, and in the next few weeks, we're going to we're going to keep you posted on this. But we are going to do an award show here on the show. We like making these top five lists. So this is this is perfect fodder. This is <laughs> this is it. Uh, we are going to do the Fridays the late night fright film wars, yes. the Fridays. We don't know the categories yet, how we're going to be voting on this, but uh, we're probably going to do the standard, you know, uh, best picture, best actor, best actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to tailor tailor some of these to our needs, like best slasher, best uh, best villain. I don't know. We we haven't decided. <laughs> uh, best kid performance might actually be a good. That's a good one. Might be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Be on the lookout for that. We're going to be uh, getting that together. I think that might be fun. I um, think so. <laughs> and uh, again, if if you have out there have any ideas for this, please let us know. You have the email address, late night fright podcast at gmail.com. And I've said this before on the show. Um, we would love to hear from you. And I mean, really hear from you. So if you want to send us uh, a voicemail, a voice message, uh, you know, just record it in your phone and send it to us. Just tell us hello who you are, where you're from, say hi, stay, uh, say something like stay spooky or, or whatever, whatever you want to say. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Yes. And we would, we're going to play those on the show if we get those. And uh, uh, thank you all out there for listening because the numbers have been really good and we know you're out there and we just, just love to hear from you. Um, I still can't get over that we're being heard in 67 countries. That's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So, uh, <laughs> sincerely from the bottom of my heart, thank you all out there for tuning in. Yes, uh, this show is a lot of fun to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would do it anyway. It's just nice to know that there are people out there listening and enjoying no, we're not it. just talking to ourselves. No, we're not just talking to ourselves. <laughs> the show really is a lot of fun to do. It really um, is. And I really would like to hear from all of you out there and uh, just drop us a line and say hi. And but the voice message really is is what I'm is what I'm looking for. So late night fright podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at late night fright podcast. There you go. Faith, it feels like it's that time, doesn't it? It does. Are we listening for it? I'm listening for it. I don't hear anything. It feels yet. like it's time for the music. If we listen really closely though. Hmm. Ah, there it is. There it is. I said the C minor nine chord was one of the defining musical characteristics <laughs> of the show. This is another one of the defining musical characteristics yes, it is. of the show. One, one of, my, of my favorites. One of mine, too. <laughs> one of mine, too. Thank you all again for tuning in wherever you are. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. Be happy. Be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. I mean that. Uh, Faith, anything you want to add? I think that. I think you nailed it. Let's take it home. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side.